Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them. And easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. No one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filipponi. Rules from the NFL owners meeting. We'll start with the one that sounds like it's going to happen. Last report that I saw was that they've got 22 uh, yeses. They need 24 to pass it. And that's for the Thursday night football flex. Now, this is going to be a case a case study in media literacy. That's what this is going to be. Because I see J.J. Watt, freshly retired, one of the most famous football players of the last two decades, probably one of the two or three most famous non-quarterback football players of the last couple of decades. And he says on his massively popular social media channel, he's got 5.6 million followers on Twitter. Flexing games from Sunday to Thursday is a terrible idea for two main reasons. One, player safety. You can't make this decision and also preach that player safety is a priority. Two, fans. People spending hard-earned money to see their team play. Who's paying to change their plans? Let's address these one by one, JJ. One, player safety. You can't make this decision and also preach that player safety is a priority. Are you new? Are you new here? I know you're not. But, like, it's always been a farce. It's always been a charade about player safety. They paid their $800 million in the concussion lawsuit, and they're done with it. That's what it is. They, they obviously want to have great medical personnel on the sidelines, save DeMar Hamlin's life, They'll put their studies and try to make a football helmet as safe as possible, but, you know, change some rules here and there, try to limit collisions on kickoffs. I understand all of that, but the almighty dollar trumps player safety always has always will they don't care they will do all of the song and dance and the charade and the investment and the study and the doctors and and fine but like that is change in the sofa cushion compared to what this could possibly bring in which brings you to your second point fans Flexing games from Sunday to Thursday is a terrible idea because for fans, people are spending their hard-earned money to see their team play. Who's paying to change their plans? The answer is nobody. The answer is nobody. 
But here's the thing. The NFL also doesn't care about you. They don't care about me. They only care truly about one thing and one thing only, and that's their television partners. That's where they make all their money. How is the NFL the richest league with the fewest games? It's because their games get the highest ratings on television. So the NFL, like like Major League Baseball, when they had nobody in the stands and a huge reduction in games, they legitimately lost money. And not like, oh, we made less money this year than before. They actually lost money because a huge percentage of the revenue from Major League Baseball teams is in the stadium. They sell tickets to 81 games a year. They sell hot dogs at 81 games a year. Hats, beers, everything, 81 times. That is a tremendous amount of in-stadium inventory. Bears had eight home games last year. Yeah, you have more people at a Bears game than a Cubs game, but not by that much. Put 38, 39, 40,000 at Wrigley Field. Put 68,000 at Soldier Field. It's not that not that big of a difference. Now, Soldier Field's one of the smaller stadiums. The Wrigley and Cubs are, you know, top five, top seven in attendance every single year. I understand maybe that's a little bit of an extreme example, but still, the inventory is just so massive that the NFL makes its money in $1,000 bills. Major League Baseball makes it in singles and fives. Major League Baseball makes a ton of money, but they make it regionally. They make it locally. They make it by concessions and jerseys and quantity, volume of events. Yes, volume of events on local television, but volume of events, quantity. The NFL, crisp, clean $100 bills. Big bills. They make it from CBS, Fox, NBC, ABC slash ESPN, Disney, and now Amazon. That's where they make their money. So they care about the television product. I once heard someone describe the new Cowboy Stadium when they were building it as a television studio that just happens to have a football field at the center of it. That's what it is. So why are they going to approve late season flexing of games to Thursday night football at the expense of, yes, player safety and at the expense of, yes, us, the paying customer? Because it makes the television package more valuable. That's it. That's the only reason to do it. Because, yeah, that would suck if you planned a weekend trip to. Vegas to see Bill's Raiders and that game got flexed to a Thursday and your plane ticket was Friday to to Monday morning or Sunday night because you thought the game was going to be, you know, a noon kickoff or a 10 a.m. kickoff, whatever would be in Vegas. That would suck. But who, like JJ Watts, like who's going to reimburse you? Breaking news. Nobody. They don't truly care about the paying customer in the stadium. They'll say they do, just like they say they will about player safety, but they truly don't care. So that's the one that is going to pass. Now I want to talk about a rule that apparently gained absolutely no traction. No one is interested in it. And for the life of me, I can't understand why. 
why is the XFL rule of instead of an onside kick, the team that scores a touchdown has the option to go for it. The proposed rule was fourth and 20. You go for it on fourth and 20 from your own 25 yard line. And if you convert, you get to keep the ball from wherever the play ended that you got the conversion. So if you get 21 yards, first and 10 at the 46, you score a touchdown. Congratulations. You scored a touchdown. You get 50 yards. You get the ball at the other teams, 25, et cetera. The onside kick rule, since they changed the ability to get the running start for the kicking team, the success rate has plummeted. Used to be above 15%. This past year, three of 56 onside kicks were converted. Three of 56. What, 5.3%? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. There are not a lot of drama in the onside kick. And I understand it should be difficult. It shouldn't be easy. It shouldn't be make it, take it. We're not playing pickup hoops here. I get it. But I was reading a, a breakdown of this. Basically, it was the Broncos who proposed uh, the idea of going for it on 4th and fifteen. Fourth and 15 has a historical recovery. Uh, so the onside kick historical recovery rate was 13.2%, again, over a large sample of time. Their proposal allows for, basically, if you wanted to come in at that rate, a fourth and 17 type of play. So make it fourth and 20, but instead of you know, the Adam Vinatieri's and Jay Feely's and Cairo Santos's of the world, you give the ball to Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow and run a play. It happened in the XFL. We saw it happen. Touchdown, conversion, onside kick conversion, touchdown, win the game. Crazy exciting. Like, How is that not the best option for everybody here? The onside kick has outlived its usefulness. I think the XFL, like, I don't care about it because I have no rooting interest unless I'm gambling and I'm not gambling on it. I know Pony one time said that he had, like, an in on one of the teams because he knew a coach or something. But, like, for me, I need to care about who wins for me. Like, there has to be stakes attached to the sporting event for me to care about it. I don't care about the stakes of the XFL, so I don't care about it. But any league that's pushing the envelope of innovation, man, I want to steal from you. The extra point, that's a boring play in the NFL. There is no extra point in the in the XFL. You could go for one from the two, run a play from the two-yard line. You go for two, run a play, I think, from the three-yard line, or go for three uh for what is it, four and run a play from the five-yard line. You can double check me on that, Spencer. But like 
you have the option of a one, two, and three point play from different yardage lines after you score a touchdown. Well, that changes the strategy completely. And it adds an extra exciting play, a one, two, or three point play, and it removes a boring play, the extra point. And it adds more game theory and strategy as opposed to automatic decision-making. And we'll get more scoregamis, scores that we've never seen before, if you've got the ability to have nine-point possessions. Yes, I think I – oh, no, I wasn't right. I was right that it's one and two and three-point plays. The yardage lines were different. Two-yard line was one point. Five-yard line was two points. Ten-yard line was three points. Thank you. So, yeah, if you're down eight and you score a touchdown – and you want to go from the for the win, you're running a play, a three-point conversion play from the 10-yard line. Let's go. Like, I don't understand how the play, the pass interference that was missed in the NFC title game a few years back against the Saints led to an uproar that led to us having pass interference being reviewed for just a year. And then everyone realized, oh, we overreacted, just like I said that they had overreacted. And that was a terrible idea. And they walked that thing back. Why can't we try this for a year? Why can't we try onside kick to get the ball back, fourth and 15, fourth and 20, whatever you guys agree upon, and one-point play, two-point play, three-point plays? Like, is the union just like, sorry, kickers, we don't want to lose you from our membership? Like, is that the reason? Are we protecting the Justin Tuckers of the world? I don't care. More scoring. Like we we care about quarterbacks. We care about plays. We want points. Feels to me like that is some combination of that should happen. But specifically that onside kick rule. 